Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 217. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the virus-free edition of a podcast, specifically Atari Bytes, or perhaps doesn't bite because we don't want to transfer any germs. Just kidding. That's not how you spell bytes in Atari Bytes. But you know that because you typed it into your search engines and found the show, and now you're here. And I am so very happy. Because it's lonely in here, in my self-quarantine. I'm not actually self-quarantined. I am perfectly fine, though, staying in and talking to you people. I did get some feedback to last week's episode from Ferd. Hi, Ferd. He pointed out to me that Adventure 2 from episode 216, which I played on the flashback... He points out that Adventure 2 on the 5200 is a totally different game than Adventure 2 on the Flashback, which is basically a hack of Adventure. And they sent me a a link to a YouTube video with the 5200 version, which I had not bothered to look for myself. And that's pretty obvious, right? Adventure 2 Flashback version is, yeah, it's basically just Adventure. This, uh, I gotta say, this 5200 version of Adventure looks more fun to me. Maybe that's sacrilege. I know how popular Adventure one is but i gotta say this 5200 version maybe because it's all shiny and flashy and stuff maybe you know maybe i'm distracted by shiny objects i don't know but it looks pretty fun if anyone has any thoughts about adventure 2 flashback style versus adventure 2 5200 style let me know and as always keep the comments coming thanks again Ferd. in news this week there is no news because everyone's staying home Uh, including gamers. The E3 conference has been canceled. I don't know a lot about that conference. I haven't been there. It's the 2020 Electronic Entertainment Expo, a premier trade event for the video game industry, I'm told. Happens in Las Vegas, excuse me, in Los Angeles, but not this year because of all the limitations on huge crowds, uh, understandably. The event has been canceled, also canceled, Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, That one strikes a little closer to home for me. It's an event I have been to the last couple of years. I was not able to go this year, even before all the virus stuff, uh, for other scheduling issues. I wasn't going to go this year, and I was bummed uh, about that. Now I'm bummed for everybody else who doesn't get to go, uh, because it's a really nice event, and it's a shame that they're not going to be able to do it. But it's understandable, right? All these inconveniences uh, now will hopefully prevent big catastrophes later. I, I know that everybody's like, or a lot of people are like, why are we doing all this? Uh, it's just a virus. It's not, you know, doesn't kill a lot of people. Well, it does kill people, and it makes other people sick. And if we don't take these kind of steps now, it's going to make uh, a lot more people get sick later, which is going to put a bigger strain on hospitals all at once. Uh, Versus doing it this way, we can slow it down, it's easier to manage, um, and we can hopefully get back to normal, whatever normal is in the world these days, sooner. So, that's life. If nothing else, staying home more gives you more time for podcasts, including podcasts like this one where we talk about games and tell stories. So that we can get to the story part, let's do the game part. This week's game is Aquaventure from Atari 1983. This one's an interesting one. Um, a lot of you are already probably know this, 
But AquaVenture is a game that Atari produced. There were designers and creators, and there's an actual game that appears to be a finished product, but was never released. Never really got past basically the prototype stage. Uh, nobody seems to know why in the little bit of half-assed research that I did. Nobody really seems to know exactly why, but there it is, uh, and it's a game that you can find now, uh, happily. Uh, I found it on the Flashback 9. That's the one I have, but I think it was available all the way back to like the Flashback 2 and other places. So that's the thing. Something I read said that maybe it was at one point called Sea Sentinel, which is kind of a hard phrase to say, Sea Sentinel. So I think it was a good choice, whoever decided to call it AquaVenture instead. I don't know if I like that title a whole lot either, but it's easier to say at least. I don't have a manual for this one. Basically, you're a scuba diver in the ocean. You have a spear gun. You shoot fish as you make your way down to the sea floor where there's a treasure chest. You pick up the treasure. You get back to the surface before your air runs out. There's a mermaid that can help you get to the surface, although in the times that I played it this morning, getting ready for the show, the mermaid really just stayed up by the surface herself. So once you got closer, she would grab you and take you the last foot or whatever up to the surface. But by then, you'd be dead anyway if you'd run out of air. So I don't know how much help she is, but she's there. GameFAQs has a relatively detailed guide to the game that I would invite you to look at. Atari Protos credits the designers of the game, the programmers of the game, as Gary Shannon and Todd Fry. This was where I read that the game may at one point have been called Sea Sentinel. Bit of a mystery in the prototype world. Never mentioned in any Atari press releases. And does not show up in any internal part lists. AquaVenture seems to have popped out of the woodwork one day without any public fanfare nor any history behind its mysterious origins. In any case, AquaVenture seems to be complete and ready for release. We can only speculate as to why it was shelved. They get a little summary of the game, which is basically what I said. So they're saying the mermaid isn't there to help you get to the surface. The mermaid is there to help you get to the next level, which I guess makes sense, right? So you get down there, you get the treasure. I thought the idea was you had to... I know the idea is you have to get up to the surface again. I thought the mermaid was just helping you finish that. I guess technically she's just there to... You, you touch the mermaid. Who among us hasn't touched the mermaid once or twice? And then that's the key that that level's done. You go to the next level. All right, that makes sense. I didn't mention the turtle. There's a turtle crawling across the top of the screen. He is showing you how much air you have left. If he gets all the way over to the right side of the screen, you're dead, basically. Protoss says the main problem with the game is it's repetitive. Each new level looks like the same. It looks the same as the previous one with slightly different colors, faster fish, and less time, air, to accomplish your goal. But even with these twists, there just isn't enough to keep the average person interested for very long. Going up and down the same tavern all day gets old fast. It's a fine start, but it needs a few more gameplay elements to round it out. Why it was abandoned instead of being fixed is a mystery, but it's a shame since it's an interesting game with real potential. If I was writing that, I would say with real potential. R-E-E-L. Like a fishing reel? No? Alright. Videogamecritic.com gave AquaVenture a C. I probably never would have heard about this old Atari prototype if it weren't included on the Atari flashback. Hey, me too. An underwater shooter with some similarities to Fathom, which apparently is an iMagic game also from 1983. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, Video Game Critic says, I guess the most impressive aspect of this game is the variety of fish. They come in a wide assortment, and just when you thought you'd seen them all, you'll see something new. You don't need to shoot the fish to obtain treasure, but at 500 points pop, bagging fish is a good way to run up your score. 
There's not much audio except for a constant pinging noise. Normally I don't assign grades to prototypes, but as far as I can tell, this one looks complete. AquaVenture isn't spectacular, but its colorful graphics and easygoing gameplay don't deserve to be forgotten. The Atari Compendium says that this unreleased Atari game is a recent unknown discovery. It has the classic black Atari loaner cartridge prototype label and is dated 812. No year, but 1983 appears on screen. They say that the programmer names Todd Fry and Gary Shannon are unconfirmed. If any of you out there has more information about this, let me know. I don't typically deal with the mechanics of how these games come about on this show. I'm more of the storyteller guy, but I am curious about this one. So if you have any information, let me know. The graphics are crisp, and the various creatures contain anywhere from one to four different colors. Although your diver is solid blue, sound effects are adequate. There's no other game variations, and the difficulty switches seem to have no effect. Not a bad effort, but it's only half the game Fathom is, literally. Again, I don't know anything about Fathom. If you think it's one I should check out, let me know. Because, spoiler, I do kind of like this one. So if there's a game that's this, plus more, I'd be curious to see it. If you're interested and don't already know all of them, Wikipedia does have a list of Atari 2600 prototype games, organized alphabetically. I haven't really gone through the list a whole lot. There's one called Wizard, Venetian Blinds Demo, from Activision. That, to me, it just sounds like a programmer sitting in his office daydreaming and kind of flipping with the, you know, flipping the, the Venetian blinds on his office window and thinking, hey, I can make a game of that. There's lots of them that start with S, including one called Star Wars Return of the Jedi Ewok Adventure. Come on, why didn't we get that one? Uh, another one called Six Pack. I don't know why I'm reading these, but uh, Activision had one called Kebobber. Okay. And Spectrevision had Kreutzfeuer Garfield. Good luck, Charlie Brown. I want that one. Is there a prototype for that one? I may have mentioned seven or eight times that I have another podcast called It's Podcast Charlie Brown. And if there's a game out there, other than uh, Snoopy and the Red Baron, uh, for the Atari, I want to know about that. So if any of you has any information about Good Luck Charlie Brown, the prototype, and if I can play it, let me know. Because I'm just now hearing about it, so I have done no research whatsoever. If it turns out this is easy to find, don't uh, think worse of me because I am just now seeing it. So, if I remember, I will look for it myself, but if any of you has any information, let me know. I think we are making record time on this podcast. I will be back to sitting in my dark house by myself, doing nothing, uh, before too long. After the break, Jacques Cousteau, famous undersea explorer, said, quote, a lot of people attack the sea. I make love to it. Well, in that spirit, after the break, um, I'm just going to play a video game. playing Aquaventure. Maybe, if the screen hadn't gone to black, that's not good, right? 
loading. That's good. Yay! Wow, he comes out shooting. Little scuba man. I got died turning. I got died turning down the volume. I really like the variety of fish. Scuba diver looks good. I even like the annoying little ping ping in the background. Treasure, yo! But I died. I like the little uh, bubbles on the water when you go from one screen to another. More treasure, yo! Oh, I gotta get back up. Don't you get me, fish. There's the mermaid. My escort. Ah, that brings bad memories. Being escorted by a mermaid. That's a story for another time. Colors are good. Very tropical looking fish. Kind of what you'd expect, I guess. To, well, not tropical necessarily, but... The variety of fish, what you would expect to see in the ocean, I guess. I think to make it more realistic, you'd have like uh, the occasional octopus, or squid or something. Wow, that fish is moving. Man, get one more treasure before I go. Wow, check out these fish. Oh, coral. My old nemesis. Oh, I just I started over. Guess that was the end of the game. One more treasure. Uh-oh. Haha, I was cornered, but now I'm not. Got me a treasure. I don't know why Atari didn't release this. This is a good game. Not sure how much help the mermaid is, because she stays at the top. You don't have enough air to get to her. She's not much good. way to go out. Alright. Bon voyage. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. 
Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about AquaVenture. I really like this game. I only played it for a little bit today, and I get that if you, like, sat there for an afternoon playing AquaVenture, you'd get bored. But I think it's, even as is, it's totally fun to just sit there and play for a few minutes. Because um, it's, at its core, what you really want from an Atari game, right? You want some colors, you want some noise, you just want to be able to shoot stuff with a laser, or in this case, a spear gun. Uh, and that's really all, at, at its base, what you're looking for in an Atari game. Yeah, if you're going to make a, a, you know, a video game career out of playing this game, you'd want maybe some tougher levels or a, a bigger challenge or something. But uh, for what it is, I'm happy with it. I am, as I said, very intrigued now to check out Fathom. Maybe I can go find it, put it on my Harmony card or something. Because it sounds like Fathom is this game plus lots of other cool stuff. So I'm going to go check that out because this game inspired me to do that. So uh, I think the game works. I have no issues with it. I would totally recommend it. So if you guys disagree with me or agree with me, let me know. It's story time. Atari Bites Yes, it's story Story, story, story time With Bill This week's story is titled Baxter vs. the Mermaid Probably because he'd been sitting in the sun all day in jeans and a blazer pounding kombucha and lattes instead of water Aaron Baxter was getting a bit lightheaded and his mind was drifting I kind of wish he'd put on a shirt Baxter thought And yet, not really. She was, well, her name was unpronounceable to humans, but a rough translation is, she who delivers peace and tranquility to rival the quiet ocean on a moonlit night. Aaron Baxter, though, had taken to calling her Jessica. He knew not why. Jessica was a mermaid of the classic wooden figurehead on the bow of a ship variety, though very much real. Her human torso flowed into the tail of a fish, her long, silky hair flowed majestically as she swam, and her skin was smooth and glowing. Baxter marveled at this. He himself tried every cream known to man to subdue his crow's feet, yet Jessica's face was flawless despite the constant barrage of sun and water. How did she do it? Baxter was drifting again. Fifty-one percent, Jessica said, rocketing to the surface and gliding onto a rock. Not a percentage point less. But, Baxter said, called back to the moment, but... That would give you a controlling share. You want this deal done, Jessica said. That's what it'll cost you. Did we mention Jessica the Mermaid was a killer business negotiator? Baxter, on behalf of his company Baxter Development Corp, was pursuing the company's latest aqua venture. It was to be the single largest oceanfront development of its kind. He liked to think of it as the thousand-mile Great Wall of China of development deals, but not in China, and with less walls and more shopping districts. Well, can we do business? Jessica said. 
I'm not giving you 51% of this aqua venture. That's insane. Why would I make a deal like that? Jessica smirked. You know why. No, I don't. But truth was, Baxter did know. Well, the little boy within him did. It was 31 years ago. Baxter was nine. He wasn't the highly successful businessman he is now. He was just a punky kid. One of his buddies was turning 10 and threw a pool party in a nearby town. Jessica the mermaid, though seemingly ageless, was also an unknown fish American, yet to make her first million. She was working as an entertainer at children's parties, swimming and diving and singing the occasional song. One night after a gig, she won a small jackpot on some pull tabs that she wisely, if unwittingly, invested in some fish futures, then a friend's scuba diving business, and then Jessica got smarter and craftier with her business ventures. Some boat rental services, some oceanfront property, then, thanks to the most recent presidential administration, she started buying up parcels of the ocean itself. It's complicated how that happened, but her motives were pure. But Baxter's buddy's birthday party was before all that. Back then, Jessica was a struggling up-and-swimmer who needed work. Krill ain't cheap. Jessica would sometimes pick up Octopus Garden rent money where working children's birthday parties. She'd splash around, do some dives, maybe spray some parents with water. The kids loved it. Little Aaron Baxter was a guest at one of those parties. Aaron was the kid you always see running too fast around the edge of the pool, throwing buckets of water on the girls, hogging the ball during water volleyball. That kid. Baxter was also the kid who wouldn't shut up when the performer was doing her thing. At one point in her show, as the kids crowded around the pool, engrossed, Jessica said, All right, everybody, you're in for a big surprise, as she prepared to do the big showstopper. No, Baxter said, you're in for a big surprise. The words rattled around in his head as adult him examined them. Little him said, I mean, you're in for a big surprise. He laughed the laugh of the humorless. Then, little Baxter leaned over the side of the pool and peed in it. Now, here's the thing. That act, under any circumstances, is uncool. Problem is, it's especially problematic for mermaids. Generations ago, mermaid scientists discovered that mermaids are allergic to urine. It almost wiped out the population. Because when you gotta go, you gotta go. King Neptune decreed that henceforth mermaids would expel their waste in other ways. Like podcasting. Although she was blistered and achy for several days, Jessica survived the boy's piss assault. But she never forgot it, nor did she forgive. She asked around and found out Aaron Baxter's name and burned it into her memory, just waiting for the day she could whip it out and get him back for whipping it out in her pool that day. And now that day had come. Like that giant drum of cola that tastes so good going down, then all at once floods your bladder, the memory of what little Aaron did that day came home to company CEO Aaron all at once. He might have peed a little again, accidentally this time. The new oceanfront development, helmed by Jessica, flourished, though in a completely environmentally friendly way. The ocean actually came out cleaner from the changes. And Aaron? Well, Jessica is thinking about getting him a new broom. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find the aqua and dryline adventure that is Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, but make sure you swim over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. 
Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call us too. I'm not going to answer the phone, but you can leave us a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much any damn thing you want, and there's a pretty good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for information and links to show episodes, social media, all sorts of stuff for Atari Bytes and my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. You can also find information about books that I've written, like Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, uh, over there on the website, including links to just some of the places that you can order those books if you're so inclined. Consider supporting the show financially by making uh, by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. If you do, you might get access to episodes early. You might even get access to bonus episodes, including uh, my ongoing exploration of the animated series Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. It's nothing you're going to hear about on this show, but if you are a subscriber, you might be able to hear about it on the Patreon. Just saying. You can also still get Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You shirts and mugs at the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. Oh, by the way, thanks to my patrons that are already over there enjoying all the goodness that is Atari Bytes. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. You guys are awesome. All right. Let's, uh, we're running out of air, and I've run out of spears from my spear gun. So let's wrap this up. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're sticking with the flashback for another week. We're working our way through the A's in the list of games. And this time it's Asteroids Deluxe. I don't know what makes uh, it deluxe, but it's Asteroids, and that's not a bad thing. So let's check that out next week. I can't imagine what sort of deluxe story I'll come up with from that. We'll find out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.